Hello, everybody. I'm Amy Covell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And they're listening to Hashtag Life Goals. For this episode, it's another movies review. Yay! Welcome to the fourth edition of our movie review. I hope it's the fourth because right now I'm just losing track (laughs) (laughs) because of everything that's going on with like just this podcast and then outside stuff that we won't get into too much. But I mean, no. But we're going to get into it a little bit. So what have you been doing, Chelsea? Well, recently I had a housewarming party slash game night that Amy came to and a couple of our friends came to. So that was a ton of fun. We got to play a ton of board games. Uh, Yeah, I loved how some of the people there were just like, I've never played any of these games. I know. And yeah, one of the games that we played that I was stupidly excited for was Secret Hitler. That was fun. I have never played before. I've seen people play before, but I was just... This is going to be rage-inducing, and I'm probably going to hate people, but it was still quite fun. I had high expectations for that one that were quickly dashed once we started playing. Really? Yeah. Well, for one, I've said that I I am not a liar. I I suck. I just can't. (laughs) Yeah. And so I don't do well when you've got to, like, hide your identity. Like, I can do it, but I can't do it by leading you astray directly. Yeah. Um, Like, I cannot flat-out lie. Mm -hmm. And... The other problem was, is when we were supposed to vote on policies, yeah. I totally thought there were going to be policies written on the card <laughs> oh, that we no. were actually voting on. No. And all they say is that they're a policy and that they're either fascist or liberal. Or liberal and yeah. I was like, so disappointed. I was like, can we just make up policies then? <laughs> that would have been way, way too complicated and people would just been even more and more pissed. I know. Yeah, no, know. I'm not the best liar either, but I was doing my best and all that fun stuff. But there are definitely some people that I won't say that were like, you know, talkity talk and walk the walk and just um, like all over the place. <laughs> and then of course it led to, I won't say how it ended and who won, but it ended with me being killed first. Like, hello, why would you kill me? I'm an innocent angel. And the party host. I was the party host, too. Why would you go after me? It was almost like the Clue movie where they killed Mr. Body right away. But anyways, uh, yeah, so we had a game night. It was tons of fun. And then this this weekend has just been a little blah with some personal stuff. But getting over it, and now the weekend's getting over, and then just progressing forward to the next chapter is yeah. all I will say. So, yeah. Well, then, I've been very busy yes, the last have. week and a half with not so much fun stuff. Yep. Uh, my car is currently not working. Ugh. It is in pieces in my garage. Oh, man. So you guys will hear all about that in an upcoming episode. Mm-hmm. So where I'll really dive into mm-hmm. all of that. But yeah, if you've been watching our social feeds, you've definitely seen lots of pictures of me in my, you know, garage gear and grease <laughs> everywhere. Head, just like trying to screw everything in. Yeah. So, um, Sam, that's mostly when what's been keeping me busy. If mm-hmm. I'm not at work, I'm in the garage. Yes, exactly. Bring so, our greaser roots back. <laughs> yeah. You know, my grease monkey roots are coming in strong. My dad, my uh, grandfather was a race car driver and a mechanic. Oh, wow. So I definitely come by it honestly. Oh, you're like the redheaded version of, uh, what is it, Betty Cooper from the Archie comic series? Wouldn't know. I never read them. Really? Yeah, I I was not into it. I love the Archie comics as a series. How Um, was Riverdale? Did you watch the show? I watched the first episode. It's just, it's not me. I understand the appeal for it. Uh And I like that they went into the sort of like 
horror detective murder mystery direction. I think that's great. Right. But it's just, it, it's not for me. It's, I feel like it's for, it's not my cup of tea. Like it's if, for a different audience. Yeah. I feel if it's much younger, more millennial, I am kind of millennial, but like it's more younger millennial more towards the, mm-hmm. and just like the dialogue and all that stuff. Like it's kind of clever, but it's just, it doesn't appeal to me as much. Maybe later on when I have more time, I might give it a chance, but yeah, no, I read a lot of the Archie comics as a kid, um, especially with Archie between Betty Cooper, the girl that could do everything, who was the mechanic, who was also the cheerleader and who also like, she's the blonde like, or the brunette? She's the blonde. And then okay. the brunette was the spoiled brat Veronica that like could like get anything she wanted through her daddy. And, uh, yeah, so I always rooted for Betty Cooper, but it was always an ongoing thing. It was just, that was the first introduction of being, like, of a polyamorous relationship, let's be honest. (laughs) Well, neither of these items were on our list for movie reviews. No, 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 no. So let's move on. Um, As you heard on our last challenge episode... Um, based on the challenges that we had completed or not completed, yes. we assigned each other movies. Yes. So let's start with, you were only assigned one movie. I you was. had to see Interview with a Vampire. Yes. It is starring Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Antonio Banderas, and Kirsten Dunst when she's like 10 or 11 years old. Yeah, she was 11 when they filmed it. Yes, exactly. And for those that don't know, it tells the story of a vampire, Brad Pitt, that tells a story to a journalist played by Christian Slater of his journey from when he turned into a vampire to where he got to today. And right. included the um, how Lestat, played by Tom Cruise, made him who he was. And... And it's I, all based off of a novel, novel by the same name by Anne Rice. Who also wrote the screenplay for it, too. She did. I noticed that. Yeah. Because uh, I rewatched it this morning in preparation really? for really? our okay. discussion. Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, it was made in the 90s, so it definitely had that, like, 90s structure of, like, the bellowing like intro like kind of getting into it and then like right. going back to the past and then mm-hmm. some intercuts here and there. I did like it, and I surprisingly liked Tom Cruise in his role. I'm sorry. I'm not you the know, biggest Tom Cruise fan, but I it think works. I've mentioned before. I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan in the sense that I like him as an actor or I'm sexually attracted to him. Yeah. I like yeah. a lot of movies he's in because yeah. he just must have the best fucking agent. Mm-hmm. He picks really good scripts to do. Yeah. Anything that's not his just action movies, yeah, yeah, yeah. he tends to pick very good, very interesting and thought provoking scripts. Yeah, he does. Um, this one is, you know, I think the first one of Anne Rice's movie, uh, books to be made into a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of hers that was made into a movie was Queen of the Damned. Queen of the, okay. Did not enjoy that. I thought it was really cheesy. It was terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. yes, Aaliyah was hot in it, but it, the movie was not good. Yeah. Um, whereas this, this was directed by Neil Jordan. Mm-hmm. He is best known for directing The Crying Game. I've still yet to see that, I think. Okay, so it's a classic. You should definitely see it. Okay. And if you know anything about what The Crying Game is about, Mm -hmm. I think that explains a lot of why he was the right person to direct this film, Mm -hmm. especially with the way the relationships work between Louis and Lestat. Mm -hmm. The Crying Game, um, I can't (laughs) talk about it here because... To talk about it at all is to spoil the ending. Yeah. So I will not tell you anything about it. You can just watch it. Okay. Um, But then after he did this, Mm -hmm. the most recent thing that he is well known for is doing the bourgeois 
for Showtime. The Rouge, okay. So, which is also a period piece. Yeah. So I think doing... Plays with the strengths, yeah. Yeah, I think this movie definitely showed that that's something he's strong at mm-hmm. and would have been a big factor in him getting that job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. I, I'm not the biggest fan of period pieces sometimes, but this definitely was a really intriguing one. Period pieces say. are either hit or miss. They either yeah. really, like hit the mark Mm -hmm. or they feel fake and overdone like dangerous liaisons was terrible okay yeah um that one does not hit the mark Mm -hmm. um this one though was nominated for two oscars best art direction Uh and best music score oh i could definitely yeah i can see that for sure because the music and the set design and the costumes and everything it fit very 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 well i will say that really helps with kind of the melodramatic tone of the story yeah and it doesn't because a lot of times melodrama can disconnect you from it yeah because it feels fake put Mm -hmm. on but I think because the tone of the whole movie was solid and the same the whole way through, yeah. that that art direction, that music score, they really kind of held up the melodrama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, so. Going back to the movie a little bit, since we're a little all over the place, um, for me, the stuff that I think I took notice, because since I am a writer, I always am noticing character arc right. and all that so brad pitt's character is um intro just for a little bit i'm not going to spoil anything but intro he's lost his wife he's lost his child right and he's contemplating suicide right and that's when he meets lestat when he's drunk and suicidal and mm. lestat gives him the choice not really kind of he does he, he does, does give him the he choice gives him a choice and he makes him into a vampire. And a vampire and then it's immediately afterwards that he's just oh God, what have I done? Uh-huh. And then he's going through this turmoil of like having to deal with this new lifestyle and like wanting it to end, even though and the whole Lestat movie won't let him. It really is centered around the fact that Louis is tormented by the choices that he has made. Yes, exactly. And that, you know, his choice to turn Claudia into yeah, a vampire. Yeah, that was the next thing, yeah. Everything from every step of the way, it's all about... Him being tormented by choices he made. And I think that says a lot about us um, as humans. Mm -hmm. You know, we live in the past or we cannot seem to move on from some of the things that we have done. Yeah. And, you know, he keeps finding himself in these situations because he cannot forgive himself. Yeah. And I think it gets to the point where I don't know if towards the end he forgives himself, but he learns, you know, these are the choices that have happened. These are what's He's been learned made. to live to, with to it. To live with it. Yeah, He's exactly. He's learned to live with it and make peace with himself. Exactly. That's the journey that I saw that I, I loved. It may yeah. not be the stereotypical, like, good guy winning ending, but it's just him making peace with himself right. as compared to other people that are like, no, like he tries to warn the journalist about all this, but the journalist is just like, I'm fascinated. Tell me more. Right. Just, right. The thing yeah. is, is that everybody has to go on their own journey. Yeah, exactly. You cannot teach someone the lessons that you have learned. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's very realistic at that point. Yeah. He has a line pretty early in the movie that really encapsulates that whole theme. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about that they were already in hell and yeah. that hell, no matter where they moved, hell followed them. Mm hmm. And that's because the hell is a hell of his own making. Exactly. It's, you know, it's him being unhappy with himself. Mm-hmm. And you cannot run from your problems. Mm-hmm. You cannot escape yourself. Yes. So, so I, I love that as well. And then I think another thing that I loved is 
Claudia and the relationship between her and Louis specifically. Because, oh, it was amazing. Because Claudia, I give props to Kirsten Dunst for the maturity that she goes through. So this might be a tiny bit of a spoiler, but basically um, she is someone that Louis finds during the Black Plague. And right. because he thinks she's dying, he accidentally gives into his urges and thinks he kills her. But then Lestat decides, oh, he's going to leave me. Let me bring this child that he cared at this moment for and so turns her on. into a vampire. Yeah, the her thing- mother had died from the plague. He found her clinging to her lifeless body. Exactly. And um, like I said, she was 11 when yeah. they found this. Exactly. And so. no, her performance is stunning. Exactly, because the thing with her being turned at 11 years old it meant that she would stay the way that she is. So she basically matures and is like maybe like 30 or 40 or even 50 by the, t- by, um, by towards the climax of like the ending or like right. how she's old. She's, she's making basically a mature woman, but she's, yeah, she's about in- 30. She's between 30 and 40 when they leave for Europe. Yeah. Partway through the movie. But she's trapped so. in this tiny body and yeah. the changes. She can never physically grow up. Exactly. And that is her thing that she is trying to change, but her, transformation from being at being a child and her dialogue and her actions to how she acts more mature and grown up and especially right. talking you with see Louis. that transformation exactly especially talking with Louis, like my father my beloved and like when mm-hmm. she first wakes up she's like i want some more I right at the beginning more. she's still very much a child she's very much a child but she matures mm-hmm. so much and you can see it and you can hear it in her dialogue and her voice especially in those tough situations that yeah. they have to go through when louis might potentially leave her for someone else right so right it's just yeah it's, it's great my love for kirsten dunst definitely started with this movie mm-hmm. um i had so much respect for her as an actress she was nominated for a golden globe for her performance ah. she was up i mean she didn't win but she was up against people like uma thurman and this 11 year old yeah no she um, did an amazing job with this piece. it was incredible she did end up winning the mtv movie award for best breakout performance <laughs> good for you kirsten dunst Yay. and then i think she won the next time for the virgin suicides the virgin suicides yeah yeah so that's another thing that i clung on to and i loved and then because they just know that tom cruise is the crazy person that he is it's just like okay this role works for him because he just coming and be like he could be whatever he wants and just right. like i'm exploding and he all falls that right into up. it he falls right into it exactly and you believe him yeah definitely. um I mean, I, live, I am a little squeamish of blood still. I will, I will <laughs> but here's, I will say I did have some red wine while watching the film. So I was, I was just like, I don't know if I want to drink this anymore. You're I'm just imagining like, blood. Exactly. Just like. <laughs> but I think that's the one of the reasons that this is in my top five films is, you know, not only is it a gorgeous film. But I, the, the tone is consistent all the way through. It is very consistent, which is yes. often something that uh, irks me when movies when they're not consistent. Mm-hmm. And the fact that yes, it's a fantasy mm-hmm. story, yes, it's a vampire story, mm-hmm. but it really does deal with themes that anyone can relate to. Yeah, and it doesn't shy away from being a little bit kind of graphic and a little bit realistic yes. in some sense. Yes, especially with the mother's dead body and Lestat was just dancing around with him. Oh yeah, like what the f fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> just like uh, what? But my favorite Lestat moment. Well, well, there's two favorite moments. Okay, tell the me. The first one, you know, is one of the ones where he's playing the piano. Oh. And he tells Cla- uh, Claudia that she's been a, been naughty, a very, naughty, very girl. naughty girl. I want to learn that 
that song. That, that piece, and that you say that to Claudia as well. Just oh, like, yeah. It's amazing. That and then the last good. is the one, last moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the journalist has left Louis's place after doing this whole long interview, hearing his whole life story. Uh-huh. He gets in the car. He puts in one of the tapes from the from the interview. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And he's listening that. to it. Mm-hmm. And Lestat pops out of the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> and then he, of course, you know, feeds off of the reporter. He's like, I feel better already. <laughs> he starts driving the car and he's like, Louis, always oh, whining. Oh, he's right. listening to the tape. Exactly. He's still like, whining. Like, <laughs> I hope you're having fun with this. I've had to deal with this for centuries. Right. Like, turns it, off. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, just such a beautiful moment to bring it all back to Lestat. That is true because he wants to be the main focus. He wants to be the center of attention. Of he wants to be adored. Of course. Which works with Lestat's character. Because he's, in the way, the antagonist. But at the same time, yes. it's like the antagonist. He's for sure the antagonist yeah, but, of the story. Yeah, but like Louis can never really forget, forget him or... No. Truly, truly. Well, I mean, he does leave him, but like. But I mean, it's just like still. you can't forget your parents. Exactly. You know? Even if you are estranged from a parent, um, they're uh, still yeah, your parents. Yeah, parent. That is true because he does is kind of like a parent when he he's his maker. His maker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so there's that bond that mm-hmm. is just never gone. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. glad you enjoyed it. I did enjoy it. Thank you for recommending. I probably will sh- shield my eyes again of like the whole bloody part because I'm just. I'm still iffy. On some, <laughs> I'm still iffy on some blood stuff. Not all blood stuff. But though my dad's like, you're like a horror movie person. You should like this stuff. I'm like, not always, no. <laughs> like, he never heard The Purge before. I was like, oh my God, you have to watch The Purge. It is amazing. The first Purge was amazing. It's amazing. Oh my God. He's never seen it. So I have to tell him. So he has to see it. Dad, if you're listening, watch The First Purge. I'm telling you now. I've told you before. Go watch it. It is fucking incredible. <laughs> all right okay so, so we're gonna move you on to successfully the saw your movie yes and we're going over to the movies i assigned you yes and you already told me offline you hated one of them which i know which one it is even though you didn't tell me so one of the movies i had to watch was win a date with tad <laughs> hamilton <laughs> now i knew going into this that I probably wasn't going to like it. Yeah, I could already do. <laughs> I remember when the movie came out. I remember the trailers. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge rom-com person in the first place. Yeah. That's so, I, I mean, I did not expect to like this. Uh-huh. But. <laughs> Just say that you fucking hated it. I didn't hate it as much as uh, that Renee Zellweger movie. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's a plus. You didn't, you didn't hate yeah. it as much as Down With Love. No, I did not. Because Down With Love is more like a satire rom-com. Right. And I can right. understand that. But, yeah. um, but I will say that, you know, certain things about this movie, it's like, I give you a pass because I have a feeling this came out when you were like junior high, high school age. Yeah, it was around yeah, that time. That yeah. makes sense. So you attach to movies that, you know, came out around those formative years. Yeah. 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 I um, did for this one. But here are my critiques about the movie. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So some of the corniness definitely made me made me roll my eyes. Oh, yeah. It's super corny. But some of their corny scenes hit just the right note. Really? Which ones? Um, In the sense of it, like there were certain scenes that made it very aware of itself. Mm-hmm. And when they play into that well, it goes well. So the opening scene in the movie theater. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Loved that scene. Oh, yeah. It's great. Perfect. Yeah. Such a great Perfect. I wish there had been more of that. <laughs> Otherwise, other than that, though, the movie feels like it was written by a 13 year old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, oh, I didn't mind that Chelsea really likes this movie because 
it came out during her formative years. That makes when sense I was to around me. 13, 14. Yeah. Exactly. That makes sense to me. It um, makes for that audience particularly. Right. Kind of. And you attach to those things. But the movie should not feel like it was written by a 13-year-old. <laughs> um, it, God, it needed to be rewritten so bad. It's been a while since I've watched it, so there are probably some scenes. I don't recommend like you go that. back and watch it. You don't need to. There's <laughs> plenty of good movies for you to see. I think I might watch some um, of the scenes that I liked from, but, sure. but, 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 but we'll get into you that later. You and your watching of scenes by themselves instead of full movies. <laughs> it's not my fault they come out on youtube and they come up on my feed and i give okay that part is my fault for giving news but it's not my fault that they come out and they're on my feed of what to watch or they automatically play after a clip of watching something else like okay yeah don't don't roll your eyes at me like that don't roll your Um, eyes at me so justin duhamel plays the love interest in this and when a date with josh duhamel josh duhamel so basic storyline is a girl from a small town wins a date with a celebrity exactly who is tad hamilton and he of course gains feelings for her Mm -hmm. and you know off we go and she has a best friend slash co-worker who has feelings for her as well so it becomes a love triangle exactly like you know very formulaic yeah which is fine it's a rom-com typically are formulaic yeah um into the 2000s i will say josh duhamel Every time I see him in a movie, yeah. I am so frustrated because he looks so much like Timothy Offlant, and he isn't Timothy Offlant. Oh, and Timothy! It yeah, upsets me because Timothy Offlant is not only sexier but way more talented. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I know who Tim. I was like, who is he? He's like, oh yeah, now I know who he is. I've only seen Timothy Offlant in a couple of um, films and whatnot, but I do agree that they do look fairly similar. I think it's maybe just like maybe they're maybe Timothy's eyes are like a little bit bigger and his face is a little bit whiter than Josh's. Josh right, is a little bit more but they look this. really similar. They look pretty. They look. They could be like cousins. Yeah, and I'm always like just that. disappointed because. Um, you want it to be him and not I want it to be him yeah because he's just sexier and better um i want to say that like all right so when she goes on the date with the celebrity with tad with with tad hamilton Mm -hmm. there was only one interesting moment in the whole damn date (laughs) and that was when she when she goes back to the hotel she opts to go back to the hotel instead of going into his house with him Mm -hmm. and he says good for you that was the only good moment out of their date that was the only memorable part of their date Mm -hmm. so that kind of bothered me in the sense that like when he then goes after her i'm like why (laughs) i'm like the rest of their date was so banal Mm -hmm. there's there's nothing interesting about what was that her main the main character's name Oh my god, I can't remember. At this All right, point. so I can't remember her name either. Um, Let's look at this up real quick. Oh, Rosie. Rosie, okay. that is her name. Rosie. There's nothing special about Rosie. A half an hour in, I had already taken notes and said I still don't identify anything special in Rosie. Mm-hmm. And she's the lead character of the movie. Yeah, Kate Bosworth. You've got to be connected to her. You've got to see that something special in the girl next door. There was nothing. There was nothing in her that was interesting. There was nothing that was special. <laughs> um, so that kind of drove me nuts and ruined the verisimilitude that I'm supposed to buy into in the universe of this movie. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because I'm like, why? Why would anybody want to date her? Why is her best friend in love with her? Why is a celebrity want to come date her? She sucks. Probably they focus more on like Topher Grace and Josh Schumel and that card rather than. They did, but they're yeah. missing. I mean, your protagonist. 
needs to be again, someone the again, audience connects to. Again, shitty movies are made every single day. They are. So they are. It doesn't mean works. I have to give them a pass. No, exactly. So, so yeah, I yeah. Now going back, I know she's not that strongest of a character because I related more to. Uh, I really did more to Topher Grace. <laughs> well, this that was the movie, thing that I really, really loved. This movie would have been better served with a Reese Witherspoon type in the lead role. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Definitely. Someone who at least has that charisma. Mm-hmm. Kate Bosworth does not have it at all. Yeah, I can see that. She is a pretty blonde model. That is all she is. Um, I did love the little cameo of Amy Smart in the opening when they're in the movies <laughs> yeah. and she's in the scene with yeah. Josh Duhamel. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed a few of the music picks in the movie. Like they yeah. have Liz Fair's Why Can't I Breathe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, uh, they have a couple of good choices. That like got, got to me a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. memories. Um, him deciding that he wants to come to her little town. Town, yeah. He's like, she has this goodness in her. That was just weird. He's like, because first of all, there was no reason for him to have a strong attraction to her to want to then pursue her. Mm -hmm. And so he comes up with this thing about she has this goodness and he wants it to rub off on him. It was just flat fucking weird. Well, I mean, he's an actor, so he was... Doing some of her Which is fine, could, yeah. but again, I told you she is not interesting. She's not captivating, and she isn't even that good. Yeah, this was made in the two thousands, and this is the, this is when times were different. And then this is when I was clinging onto it. This is <laughs> giving the movie excuses. I already gave you your excuse. You don't need to make excuses for the movie. Okay. Um, there was also a lot of bad ADR in the movie. Yeah. Um. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so when she and Todd Hamilton decide, you know, they're essentially going to go parking, you know? Oh, yeah. When she talks about it, she makes it sound very 50s and innocent. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know, where the reality is more like the scene that does follow where it's just like, you know, not really passionate, but I would say hormonal making out. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that bit of cheese did not hit the mark. That is an example of a scene that does not hit the mark with the cheese factor. Mm-hmm. Like her trying to explain the parking thing was it just didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot of really good comedic talent yes. in supporting roles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nathan Lane and uh, Sean Hayes. They Right. And then I the bartender uh, yes. who's for Bad Moms. I love her so I love much. her too. So they had a lot of really good comedic talent in this, but the writing is so poor Mm -hmm. and you can tell that each of those guest stars supporting roles were only paid to be there for say a day. (gasps) I just remembered who the bartender was. Catherine Ha, Catherine, Catherine, Catherine Ha. Yes. Catherine Ha. And I've seen her in much more stuff. She's like progressive. She's She's fantastic. "Ah, I'm sorry. I just made that connection. Holy crap. (laughs) I love her. She was great. But the problem was, is all of these really good comedic actors, you could tell they only paid them to be there for maybe one or one or two days. Mm-hmm. The scenes were written terribly and there was zero rehearsal time. Mm-hmm. So they since it's rushed and it's unrehearsed, they end up becoming a caricature of the parts they usually play. Yeah. Like I love Nathan Lane. I was really hoping that his scenes would kind of save it for me. Mm-hmm. He was a caricature of the types of roles he tends to play. Mm-hmm. And that is a fault on the writing team and on the director mm-hmm. that has not been rehearsed. This is rushed. 
and they are essentially phoning it in um, because they don't have time to do more. This is like going back to the, what was it, the happening with Zoe Deschanel and Mark Wahlberg? Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. We talked about how it felt rushed and all that. Yeah, Um, and, you know, I said that it felt like it was written by a 13-year-old. That is the number one negative about this film is the writing. Oh, yeah, the writing sucks. It sucks. I wrote a script. I started writing a film script when I was a freshman in high school about my romantic entanglements freshman in high school uh-huh. and it was better than this and that's sad <laughs> i knew that's where you're gonna go the next like year. yeah ugh. yeah like i haven't i haven't watched this movie in a while but i just i just wanted to add another rom-com to your list since that's something you i know don't you watch. enjoy torturing me because <laughs> you, you torture me and other things so this is the one thing i get to torture you with okay. by making you watch rom-coms okay but i mean hopefully if you said this is the one that was bad i'm hoping the next one was good all right so first okay before we go into the last one i was assigned okay everybody saw on our social media that oh, after yeah, 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 i yeah. watched one of the movies which was one of the without hamilton mm-hmm. after torturing myself <laughs> i then needed to have a palate cleanser mm-hmm. so i watched unicorn store you i feel like i've seen it I've, i obviously saw the post that you made but you've I'd seen like, the post you've not seen the movie it just came out okay um, very i might have recently. seen the trailer but i don't remember quite it. possibly so this is brie larson's directorial debut mm-hmm. and she's also the lead actress in it of course um this movie was goofy fun it's extra millennial like okay. extra okay. but the characters are fantastic all right what's it about katie the lead character she is she fails out of art school. Okay. And she goes home. She's living with her parents. She's living in the basement because they already turned her bedroom into a gym. Mm. And um, she gets a job at a temp agency. And then she gets this invitation. Okay. And it leads her to this place called The Store. And she goes into the store. And Samuel L. Jackson is there in this brightly colored three-piece suit with a giant afro with silver tinsel wrapped around his afro. And he's like, welcome to the unicorn store. And he says that she has been chosen to receive a unicorn. But she has to do all of these things to prepare for the unicorn's arrival. So the whole movie is about her preparing to get her unicorn. (laughs) ridiculous right very ridiculous but the thing is is this movie is very self-aware and it knows it is and it so that's why it's goofy it's fun it and it works Mm -hmm. it's the main character oh my god it reminds me she reminds brie larson's character reminds me so much of leota (laughs) leota is the person in my life who i feel represents her entire generation okay of millennials Mm -hmm. both the good and the bad She's got it all. And that's why I said this movie was extra millennial. Okay. Um, It's really self-aware, and that's why the movie works. Mm -hmm. So for something that's... So this was just about as ridiculous as Win a Date with Tad Hamilton, but the tone in this works. Yeah. The performances work. Yeah. And it was definitely much better written. Um, If it was on Netflix, I would definitely recommend it. Watch it. It's fun. You will not regret, not regret it. You've got Samuel L. Jackson. You've got Brie Larson. You have Joan Cusack playing her mom. Um, There's just, 
lots of great and there's lots of great little cameos in it. And it's a really fun movie. All right. So she makes a transformation by the end of the film, but it's not a wild and crazy transformation. Okay. So that's why it remains believable. Like she makes some, it's almost like she makes some emotional maturity growth throughout the film from being this really self-involved millennial. That's a positive. But she's not a totally different person anymore. It's it's not like that. That's not how that happens. Because we make our changes and our growth in small steps. We do not grow in leaps and bounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I felt that that was really helpful that in the movie they didn't try to make it a crazy 180. No, that's good. That's very good. So that was my palate cleanser. Your palate cleanser. Okay. And then the last movie I was assigned to watch was Booksmart. Yes. This is a movie that I was recommended to watch and I ended up really liking it. So I was like, okay, there might be a chance that Amy might like it. And yeah. I, I mean, I've seen it on her face already, so I will let her say all the details. I very much enjoyed Booksmart. Woohoo! Good pick. Yes. Good pick. Finally, I have a good one on your list. <laughs> um, she described it to me as the female version of Superbad. Yeah, that's basically what and it I is. And I think that is the best way to cry, to categorize it, for yeah. sure. That is the easiest way to categorize yeah. it. Yeah. Long story short, Booksmart is about these two uh, high schoolers that are about to graduate. They did nothing but study and study and study to get into really good colleges. And, you know, one of them, uh, I can't remember her name. What is her name? Hold on. Pause real quick while I look Amy up her Amy and Molly. Name. Amy and Molly. I'm trying to remember the actresses. Oh, name. I don't know their names. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me double check on that real quick. Beanie Feldstein as Molly Davidson, who was in, uh, what was it, uh, Lady Bird. She, okay. was, she was in Lady Bird with Sarah Sarosin and Caitlin Dever, who plays Amy. They are seniors that did nothing but study their asses off to get into colleges that they wanted. So they find out that people that are their enemies or hate them, they got into that the was same. the best moment when they realized, oh, this, like the stoner is going to be working for Google and making six figures. Exactly. Um, that, you know. The bitchy cheerleader got into the same school as Molly did. Right, exactly. right. And then the, uh, the vice president you know popular boy yeah he also got into an ivy league school so all these people that they thought they were better than yeah they got into ivy league schools as well which leads to molly deciding okay we're gonna have one night of debauchery sorry guys we're recording in my house so um she there's some pup pups that are around yes yes napa calm down please Thank you. But basically, they have one night. Uh, Molly says, okay, we're going to have one night at debauchery. We're going to do whatever the fuck we want. We're going to go out and party hard all night long. And then and we're along for the adventure. Exactly. And it's directed by Olivia Wilde, who I think did such a great job. And also it stars uh, Billy Lord, who is Carrie, the late Carrie Fisher's uh, daughter. Who right. was the who's basically Gigi, who's like this kind of like acid tripping stoner comedic character that First is fabulous. All, Gigi is amaze balls. Yes. I need a Gigi in my life. Yeah, no, she's amazing. <laughs> Problem was, is as I was typing up my notes today, I realized why I need a Gigi in my life. <laughs> she is a perfect example of all my ex-girlfriends. <laughs> yes, I just so Crazy! I can't help it. I can't help it. I you like lo- you do. You do like a little crazy. In I your like life. crazy. No, she. But no, Gigi is great. No, it's just her I, part was just fantastic. Yeah, I just I love that. I'm someone that is. Um, I th- we've talked about how like 
a lot of like sexual jokes and sexual stuff is not really like my thing I'd like to talk about because it's just it doesn't really appeal to me. I'm more like the fantasy and all that fun right. stuff and everything. But uh, I definitely appreciated it, this tone and I loved how real it was. And then I think one of the other things I won't spoil it, but basically kind of the antagonist or the people that kind of hurt them in uh-huh. the end. The thing is, it's a real situation where no one is to blame, if that makes any sense. It's just yes. that nobody knew the information at the right time, and it's not necessarily exactly. the other person's fault. No, it's just the no. situation, how These it's given. These are just how we go through our feelings, exactly. especially at that time in our life. Yeah. Um, so that's what I really loved, how it's particularly nobody's fault in that yes. particular... We, I Sorry, I want to spoil it, but... Yeah, don't you, worry. I don't think I spoil no. it in any of my notes that I took. All right, so yeah. first of all... Remember I said that this movie's extra millennial? Yeah. Oh, my God. Jared, when he picks the girls up to take them yes, to his party. Yes, Jared. The, the guy that plays uh, Jared. Skylar, he's amazing. So, so yeah, he's from Santa Clarita Diet. Yes, he is. And he is, he has, the, they get in the car mm-hmm. and his radio is playing and it's playing what I called his very woke soundtrack. Oh, yeah. No. He's listening to this female empowerment speaker. Yeah. And he says, like, oh, I listen to this uh, before I go out. So that way I remember that women are, you know, people. And so I don't, like, you know, objectify them. And I was I was immediately thinking about something that Leota had told me <laughs> about how now guys are too too woke and, like, they yeah. won't make a move. Exactly. Um, and it was just, like... Perfect. It killed me. Yeah, especially since he has a crush on Molly and he basically right. has said a lot of the stuff to try and get her affections and her attention. Exactly. Yup. Um, there's a sequence where the girls are hallucinating. Oh my god, that sequence. All right, so the doll sequence. That's was what we'll call it. Fantastic. You've left, um, you just have to watch it to see it. You have to watch it to see it. It was a great way to set this movie apart from other crazy adventure films of its of the likes, such yeah. as Superbad, mm-hmm. Pineapple Express, The Sitter, Game Night. Yeah. Those are all movies that follow kind of the same formula as this one. Yeah. This scene really helped set it apart. Definitely. <laughs> uh, my only problem was when they came out of that sequence. Yeah. Um, hallucinating last whole lot longer no matter what type of hallucinogens you're on it's the movies of course I they're know, gonna shorten it. i know and so they want to move them on further in their journey exactly and i was just like i think i had to have more suspension of belief that yeah. they came out of that mm-hmm. um which was a little hard for me yeah so i think maybe if that scene had been placed um further in the movie then it would have been a little easier for me to accept Mm -hmm. uh but it was a little early for me to kind of accept that they were no longer it was really like between like 45 and like 50 or something like that when that it was pretty quick it was like 30 to 45 yeah exactly pretty quick into their adventure yeah because they go to like three different stops there's jared's then there's a theater actor kids party thing the murder mystery party mystery party and then there's the big party with the the big party yeah well they end up at a pizza joint or something first all right so that pizza pizza joint is down the street <laughs> yeah, really yes that pizza <laughs> joint is down the street from my house oh my gosh yes and yes i know i live in los angeles and so there are 
you see places that are used in films all the time yes. but I mm-hmm. still kind of get a kick out of it when it's certain things like that I'm like wait I know where that is yeah like I said I, th- I don't know how, how far away it is but I remember um like sometimes when I used to go to Burbank all the time I would pass by kind of those um I can't remember what it's called uh remember in Greece where they had the Thunderbird race yes those yeah. those uh, those uh whatever those well they it, that's in the LA river that's in the LA river yeah I would pass yeah. by that I recognize that and then I think I also recognize the school that they use for Greece as well a couple uh, of oh times. yeah and yeah. I cannot pass by circus liquor without thinking of clueless yeah because that's where she that's where she gets her phone and her purse taken from her yeah exactly um <laughs> yeah you definitely pass by and you're just like i remember this place right? i know where it's been but it's um, awesome molly's dance sequence that she has when they get to the third party oh yeah in her imagination it's yes. fabulous all right it is fabulous i re- it should have been longer yeah. They, that was a real missed opportunity in this movie. They mm-hmm. could have leaned into that way longer. Yeah. Um, because it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, Amy's hookup that she has yeah. in the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I had some issues with this. Uh, I had a feeling that this is probably So this one. character that she hooks up with, they did not develop her well enough. Yeah. And then that whole scene leading up to their hookup, just needed to be rewritten entirely Mm -hmm. because the scenes with that character earlier in the scene make sense. Flow are great. The scenes with that character later in the movie also make sense and flow really well. Yeah. Um, they had some real weird tonal shifts, Mm -hmm. um, right around when they hooked up and it didn't make sense. Mm -hmm. Um, even the thing where she was trying to like call her like, you know, your typical, you know, hot, typical hot girl. girl. That's like, just she's mean. not. She is a it was very obvious in the way that she's shown in every other scene that she is more of a that alternative girl who doesn't think she fits in with doesn't think she fits in with anybody else, but also doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. So the, like there were some tonal issues. I think that scene needed to be rewritten. Okay. Um I can see that. And I gotta say I love that Amy calls shotgun in the cop car. <laughs> that was fucking classic. <laughs> so this is a little bit of a spoiler, but not really, because there's always going to be a cop scene. Yeah. Amy gets arrested and she calls shotgun when getting into the cop car. That is, yeah, um, no. <laughs> that was fucking fantastic. Yeah. I also love the little peek that we get at the wanted poster as we enter the cops station. Oh, yeah. It makes sense when you see the movie. I mean, so they bring sense. it up again like 10 minutes later. Yeah. But it was great because you actually the audience gets an early peek at that if you're paying attention. Yeah, if you were paying attention to what's been happening in the entire time right. of the movie. The character AAA, I loved her. She was great. The mm-hmm. guest stars in this movie, all of them really, really shown. Yeah. Um, that was only one, that was one of the things that I have a concern about is the two lead girls, they did a really good job. Yeah. But their guest stars outshone them. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that in some situations. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, so... And I, I also was, like, hiding my face, because I, I went by myself to see it, because if I went with any of my friends, they would just see me, like, with my hands over my eyes and just, like, going, like, la, 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 with You're my ears so covered. Because it's just... Because, again, like... Because it's, like, the super bad 
Pineapple Express genre, which is not really what my forte or what I go towards. I'm just like, mm-hmm. la, la, la. I get embarrassed for the actors. She's, I get embarrassed for She's, she's too sweet and innocent. <laughs> I sympathize and, and, and connect and uh, I empathize and feel bad for the characters. I feel embarrassed for them when people are just like laughing. Right, when right. I know it's their job, I just, right. I feel bad for them because I would be feeling the exact same thing if I was in their situation. So I'm just like, la, la, la. I'll make this less embarrassing for me when it doesn't really fucking oh count. My God. The, scenes, the scenes with Ling Ling, the stuffed animal. Oh, and then in the car with Jason Sedustis as the driver, who's their teacher. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Ling Ling, uh, there's a scene yes. near the end where uh, Amy's packing, you know, to, yes. to to head off for her year abroad. And and when the mo- mom, Lisa, Lisa Kudrow. Kudrow, is in there and... Oh, Molly could not keep that actress could not keep a straight face. No, it was hilarious. She could not. It was oh. awesome. Yeah. And then when they drove into graduation. Oh, that was that <laughs> for me, that made me think of my dad's graduation story. Really? So my dad was not allowed to walk at his graduation. Okay. I don't know what he'd done. He'd been suspended, something, whatever. He was getting in trouble all the time at that age. Um, so he was now allowed to walk with his class. Mm-hmm. So he decided to trash the graduation on his motorcycle. <laughs> and that's all I could think of when I was watching this scene as they oh, pull into graduation. Wow. In, in, J- in Jason's car. And yeah. He's like, sure. He's like, oh, then that's all ruined. <laughs> uh, the car was great, by the way. No, he has an um, amazing car. Oh. I love, I love his car in this. Oh, my goodness. But... This movie had a lot of heart. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things I loved about it, too. It does not quite have as good of writing or comedic timing as Superbad. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm not going to remember a lot of specific lines from this movie. Yeah. But it was really enjoyable. It was really fun. And it had a lot of heart. Yeah, I I unfortunately still have yet to see Superbad and those movies because, again, like I said... That's not your genre. It's not my genre, but maybe later on when I have the time, because right now I'm actually in the middle of writing a script for a deadline. Right now, I don't think you should watch it because if you're going to cover your ears during things that they said in Booksmart, you would have to have have earmuffs on the entire movie from Superbad. (laughs) So let's go back to that in a few years. Yeah, I mean, Um, I did see like other movies like Balls of Fury and like some other stuff here and there. It's just like... Yeah. Super bad. It's absolute gold, but you got to be ready to handle it. And you cannot cover your ears. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would be fine if it's just me by myself in my home. But like. P and Vegie, man. P and Vegie. P and Vegie are mentioned a lot. I figured, yeah. There are other movies. I mean, there's a, there's a movie that's coming out called The Good Boys with Jacob Tremblay. Okay, so I saw that out. trailer and I can't wait for it. I kind of oh can't wait for it, too, for it, too. Exactly. Like, I want to press his kissing. And then they look up on the stuff and it's just like, ah! And then also with Seth Rogen's be like, you're not old enough to watch your own trailer. They're <laughs> 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 like, we've seen Sausage Party. We've seen I Love You, man. We've seen all this. It's like, wait, you, you have? You're like 10 years old. It's like, doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> but it doesn't. Yeah, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you liked Booksmart. Like, I think even though... Even though I still have yet to see Lady Bird, I have a feeling it's sort of like that with how it was kind of like a breakout, be like, oh, female directed, female empowered, all that fun stuff. And it's kind of been kind of was riding that high in a sense. But then also with Booksmart, it's been um, it's kind of with um, writing that and then kind of a unique story with a lot of heart. So, yeah, it was super enjoyable. So if you like any of those other 
fun adventure movies. When Booksmart comes to streaming, definitely catch it. It yes. was really fun. It's really worth it. It is. Yeah. It's good. It's good for a laugh. I will definitely have to watch it again just so I can see more Gigi. Yes. <laughs> yes, Gigi. Oh, my gosh. She's just she's amazing. Oh, I I would love to meet her in real life and see how, how close she is <laughs> with her characters. All right. Well, that's it for movie reviews of the yes. fourth edition. Yes. Yeah, so unfortunately, I have to now go do some writing because I got a deadline for a script. So I got to keep working. So I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. I, I, I got to go to the auto parts store again. Ugh, so yeah. uh, more on that next time. Exactly. <laughs> but until then, I'm Amy Cobell. And I'm Chelsea Wingo. And this has been Hashtag, hashtag Life Goals. Have a great day, everybody. Bye-bye.